You're listening to GP Works, the podcast for and about general practice from the Irish College of General Practitioners. I'm Aileen Amara, and with me today is the College's Chief Executive, Fintan Foy. Welcome to GP Works, Fintan. Thank you very much, Aileen. Nice to be here. Fintan, we're talking to you a few months after the publication of the College's Statement of Strategy for the next three years. It's called Navigating the Future for General Practice 2023 to 2026. Why a strategy at this time? Well, I think the previous strategy was probably coming to its end um, and it was probably time to have a new strategy. I mean, there's always the, it's always handy just to continue on with the old strategy. But I think there was a sense at about the board and executive level that there was so much going on within general practice. Hopefully we were coming out of COVID and then there was the GP training transfer that we needed a new strategy to kind of set a path for us for the next three to five years. So it, it was the right time, right place, I suppose, in that context. And how did it come about? Um, we we had an interest. So I suppose, like, a kind of during my my career, I've, I've been involved in many strategies, and some good and some bad. And there's right ways of doing it and wrong ways. But I, what I tried to do this time was to have as wide a spread of engagement as possible. So we had done some work with Crow Consultants uh, with GP training. So we had a, a tendering process, and they won the tender again to work with us on the strategy. Uh, and they brought an expertise and experience that you don't have in a, in a normal organization. So we did everything. We had surveys. Uh, they met with all the members of the board and the senior team. Uh, we ran a couple of focus groups, and then we had, uh, um, including council, which was very successful. And I suppose one of the pluses of COVID is that we were able to do a lot of that online. So there was an efficiency there as well. So we probably did all that over a six-month period. So they fed all that information back to us. Um, and then we put the actual strategy together with their support. But it was very much based on the information that we gleaned from the members, from the council, from the staff and, and the board. It has a clear vision, the mission and values in the opening section. Do you want to open it up and look at it there? Even I have remind myself. Yet. Remind yourself, exactly. Yeah. Just looking at them to talk about that a little bit then. Well, I, I think the I think the vision is I'm proud of the vision. I, I think we put put a lot of time uh, and work and effort into ca- getting a vision that encapsulated ICGP and general practice at this point in time and where we had come from, particularly during COVID and over the last four or five years. So, general practice at the heart of patient care because that's why we exist. ICGP at the heart of general practice and GPs at the heart of the college. Um, and I think those three statements encapsulate exactly who we are and what we want to be Mm -hmm. um, um, and particularly over the term of this strategy and then the mission is a mission the mission is is is, is how we're how we're going to do that so support our members trainees and gp-led teams to excel and lead general practice through training education research and advocacy and continuing to ensure the highest standards of patient care and providing the tools to shape the future of general practice like people might say god there's an awful lot in that and there is Mm -hmm. um but that's that's how we will deliver on, on, on the vision. And I think the, the most important part then are the values, I think, kind of, and the values that reflect the, the, the organization and the people who work within the organization. And again, we kind of, we, some of those values would have been in our previous strategy, but three of them are new. But it's, the values are around leadership, quality, advocacy, sustainability, inclusivity, and innovation. Um, and each is as important as, as the other. Um, uh, and over the next couple of weeks, we're, we're going to have the vision and the mission and the values 
uh, all over the college. It's just so, just to remind people, and indeed, we'll you be on our little. We are. It? It'll just to remind people, mm-hmm. um, again, who we are and what we are and why we're here. Because you forget that, don't you? I mean, it's well, from the, I think when it, you're doing well, everything. Day a job to day, is a job, job in some ways, yeah. but sometimes we need to remind ourselves. You know, one why the college was formed, two, what it does, um, and who we do it for. So we do it for patients and members. Mm-hmm. And like you say, there's those six strategic priorities there as well. I mean, tell me a bit about advocacy. I think that's such a critical part. I think it's. For us to have the biggest impact, I think, on, on membership and general practice and indeed patient care, I think it, it is true advocacy. Um, and it's it's fighting for general practice to be at the top table in respect of when funding has been given out at a government level um, or with the department or with the HSE, and for them to understand what the challenges are, to understand what the problems are from a general practice perspective today and, and looking into the future. Um, and that's everything from kind of an engagement with politicians to attending the, uh, the health committee, the Oireachtas, um, to, to articles, to media engagement and all that type of thing. Um, and I think it's probably led by the chair, John Farrell, uh, myself and then our medical director. And I think Dermot Quinlan. And I think that that will be the big focus for us over the coming year and during the length of this strategy as well. Um, would you say that during COVID, I mean, COVID was obviously an extremely stressful and difficult time for everybody, and including general practitioners, but that during that time that the college's advocacy role really came to the fore? Yeah, right? yeah. Like, and you'd love to say it was part of a big plan. It wasn't. Um, we were probably in the right place at the right time. And there was an understanding at long last, I think, and the powers to be, whether that's at a political level or within the HSC, how important general practice was and the role general practice was able to play in delivering patient care during the time of the crisis when a lot of other places were closed uh, for all sorts of good reasons as well. But also just in, in, in the vaccine rollout and, and the whole testing um, and just sustaining some form of normality during a very abnormal time. What has been the benefit of that increased profile for the college, would I, you say? Well, I think there's a benefit and there's a negative. The benefit is that we were at the top table um, and that people understood what general practice was about. Um, um, and, and I don't think it's that they never un, they didn't never under, not understand, but they never gave it the thought that it required. So being at the top table gave us the opportunity to do that. I suppose the disadvantage is, uh, the negative is that you have to keep doing that. You know, when you're there, you have to stay there. Because if you stay there and you fall off, it's harder to get back up there. So a, a lot of energy and time is put in at a senior level within the college to ensure that we're there. I think we are. Uh, but every month, it's a new month and there's a new challenge. And we have to just keep working hard to ensure we stay there. Because in many in many cases, like when health care is discussed or has been up to now, a lot of it has been about hospitals. Yeah. And even over Christmas when we heard, you know, all the problems with the A&E departments, it is, a lot of it seemed to be about that it was that the health care in Ireland is hospitals, whereas in fact, actually, a huge amount of the health care is in the community, is in primary care. Now, I know people say, yeah, that's what the Solange care uh, policy is about. But, you know, people wonder, is Solange care ever going to be delivered? I think it is. I, maybe not in the timeline that was expected or maybe not in, in, in one complete package. I think there would be bits here and bits there. Um, I, I, certainly as a college, we were fully behind Sloucher Care. We think 
um, it, it, it will, if we ever get to the end point, achieve better all patient care for the population as a whole um, and will move care out of the acutes into the community. Um, and, and, and we're seeing signs of that with, you know, with this, you know, kind of with expansion of care within the community, uh, with the access to diagnostics now for GPs and so on. There are very significant changes, um, um, but that path is still a long way to go. Um, and I suppose the hope is, and I suppose the signs we're getting at a political level is that the political will is still there to deliver on it. Mm. Is it going to take longer than 10 years? It is, definitely. Mm. But I, I would be pretty convinced that we will get to an end point at some point in time. And the other strategic document the college has produced, and we'll come back to the college's strategy in a minute, but is the, the Shaping the Future document, which is 10 possible solutions to the GP yeah, shortage, which, yeah. which it builds into the advocacy you know, part oh, as well, hugely. Yeah, yeah, um, where is that at now? I mean, I know it okay. got, it's getting a lot of attention. It is being discussed. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's again, um, uh, we, we were at the Rock to Sell Committee just before, a week before Christmas, which was a great opportunity for us to push our, our, our ideas and thoughts. Um, at a very senior political level. Our understanding is that the Minister is about to set up the task force, which is one of our big asks, um, and to have this multi-stakeholder assessment of where general practice is at the moment and where it needs to go. I mean, the big crisis is, is around uh, manpower, is around, you know, too few GPs are, you know, the time it takes, like even today, I was trying to get an appointment with my GP and I have to wait a week. Um, you know, that's that's now common. Um, and, you know, kind of, we need more GPs and we need to build up that unit of people supporting general practice as well. And I think the 10 items we listed in that document, um, all of can be implemented, but only can be implemented when you have a number of people coming together to do that. And whether that's the IMO, the HSE, ourselves, mm. practice nurses, pharmacists, the wider group. Um, and I suppose some of those items, we, we've, we've, we've pressed the button already. So we say the non-EU programme where we're bringing in um, GPs who may have already been in Ireland but hadn't got the opportunity to go through a training programme. Um, and we're bringing them to a two-year supervised programme. And at the end of which, if they pass our membership examinations, uh, they will be able to take on GMS patients. And, and we're gearing their placement in areas of, of needs, in, you know, not just in rural Ireland, but in other places uh, where we know there are shortage of GPs. So that programme has started and they have an induction pro, uh, programme there later this month. And I think our target will be by the end of the year that we will have at least 100 on that. In line with that, we're also increasing GP places. So we're, we're, we're doing a lot of what's already there. Um, but... Mm. To, to really drive it to its conclusion, we need the support of the wider group, but we also have to ensure that it's pro- properly funded at all different levels as well. So the the college's strategy was published around the same time as the Shape in the Future document, yeah. but also it's at a time of huge expansion in the college. Absolutely. With the yeah, with the transfer of training from the HSE to the college. So tell me about the impact of that transfer. That's training. that's been huge, you know. Like I kind of you know when when, when it's time for me to hang up my boots, I, you know, I, I reflect on. Lots of positives, but lots of challenges as well. Getting the transfer across the line was was quite difficult, and the irony was that we got across the line during COVID as well, uh, which was which was which was strange, but also maybe re- reflected that we did a good job. So we signed the agreement in October twenty twenty one, and in a sense, the real work started then. And so last year has been a challenge. It has been a challenge in expanding the program. 
um, in taking on a, a whole host of new employees to deliver on training, to building up our resources uh, at a central level and to put a new governance and structure as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, at that moment, we have 932 trainees in our programme and we probably have somewhere in the region of 100 staff supporting that programme. So it's a massive part of the college. Um, and in, within the strategy, it's reflected as one of, one of the pillars as well. Um, and I think 2023 is probably not going to be any easier. It's probably going to be the same level of challenge. Uh, but there is a real commitment there, right from a board level to through all areas of the organisation. And GP Train is very ably led by Martin Rouse, Dr. Martin Rouse and, and Brian O'Malley and the team. Um, and I would be very positive about where we're going with that programme. Very positive. And like you say, it's it wasn't just the transfer of training, it was the transfer, and now it's the implementation. The implementation is always the yeah. hard bit, isn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah, you know, signing the agreement, they're the nice bits, or even negotiating are, are the nice bits, but it's kind of the implementation and expanding at the same time. Yeah. Um, and bringing on a whole host of people who had probably no direct involvement at the college and who are now employees. Like we'd have close to 180 employees in the college, whereas in January 2021, we only had 70. So, so that ex- expansion has to be managed and that puts stress and strain on our HR department, our finance department, our IT department. Um, so 2022 was a challenging mm. year um, um, for all those reasons. But um, I think as we came to the end of 2022 and we head now into 2023, I think overall we're in a reasonably good position. So, I mean, it's been a short conversation, Fintan. We've covered a lot of ground in that. Obviously, people who want to read the full strategy, and there's a lot of detail in it. I mean, uh, they'll find it on the website. It's one thing to publish, to produce, and then publish a full strategy. It's another thing to implement it. So, how can you monitor that? What are the plans for monitoring the progress? Well, I suppose, place? yeah. So, the, the, this is where you learn lessons as you get older as well. You know, what looks great in paper it stays on paper unless you put all the hard work in, into mm-hmm. implementing it. We have measures and targets built into each of the six streams um, and that was, that was probably the hardest part of writing up the strategy is, is how do you measure we say meeting members education needs how do you measure quality and governments for GP training or how do you measure at different aspects of research so we have we have targets within each of those streams with a lot of detail um, and at the end of every six months so every six months twice a year I have to report back to the board on where we sit on each of those targets. Um, so it's a continuum mm-hmm. uh, um, of um, hoping to be able to reach what we can reach, but over the three years. So some of the targets will take three years, others will take a much shorter period. But um, it's it's it'll be monitored very, very closely. Now, we won't hit the targets in all of these, uh, but I think questions would have to be asked why we haven't and mm-hmm. I think that's part of the process it is a roadmap though isn't it it's definitely a roadmap mm-hmm. yeah you do know I like I kind of it's it's a three-year strategy but I can see much of this kind of moving on into the the next three years and, and, and so on and I think it encompasses the college as it stands at the moment with our three pillars and with the member at the center and there was a big focus on that as part of this strategy because as we've grown so much I think there was the fear that we could forget who we were and why we were established nearly 40 years ago and that is as a membership college so the member is front and centre of of, of the strategy and again I think that's critical to the future of the college 40 years 40 years and we have big plans next year so we have um, uh, we'll have a obviously we'll celebrate the 40th anniversary we're going to publish a book on the college 
um, uh, on gen- and on general practice itself to celebrate. And we'll also be hosting Wonka Europe um, uh, next year as well. So 2024 looks like it's going to be a busy year, but I think it'll reflect very well on the college um, and it'll also reflect very well on general practice. Thank you to Fintan Foy for joining me on this episode of GP Works. To read the full strategy, go to icgp.ie and search for strategy in the search bar at the top. And the link to that will also be in the description of this podcast. Remember, you can subscribe for our latest episodes wherever you get your podcasts. And we have fresh episodes arriving every few weeks. You can follow the college on Twitter and Instagram at ICGP News and on the college's website, icgp.ie. I'm Aileen Amara and thanks for listening.